0: Richard Diamond, Private Detective
2: Basil Rathbone and Nigel Bruce in the new adventures of Sherlock Holmes Suspense The adventures of Sam Spade, Detective
0: Dragnet And now, Gangbusters Welcome to the Film Detective Podcast where we bring you theater of the mind programming from the golden age of radio I'm your host, Carl Amari This time, Humphrey Bogart stars as Detective Sam Spade in a radio adaptation of The Maltese Falcon on the Screen Guild Theater from 1943. Stick around, we'll be right back.
3: This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a
4: heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping
3: options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
0: Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. the long-running radio program, the Screen Guild Theatre helped raise money for the Motion Picture Relief Fund, a country home and hospital for retired, ill, indigent, or destitute motion picture industry artists. Hollywood actors were only too happy to donate their fees to the fund for appearing on this prestigious radio program. A 1940 magazine article noted that the Screen Guild Theatre was the only sponsored program on the air which gives all of its profits to charity, Much like the Lux Radio Theater, the Screen Guild Theater presented radio dramatizations of popular movies of the era, usually with the original film stars at the microphone. Condensing a full-length film into a 22-minute radio play presented considerable challenges to the writers. In 1950 and 1951, the series was expanded to a full hour. Broadcast from 1939 until 1952 for sponsors Gulf Oil, Lady Esther Cosmetics, and Camel Cigarettes, nearly every major Hollywood star made an appearance, including Frank Sinatra, Joan Crawford, Gary Cooper, Shirley Temple, and Bing Crosby. By the end of the run, the Screen Guild Theatre had earned more than $5 million for the Motion Picture Relief Fund. That's approximately $50 million in today's dollars. In this episode, the main actors from the 1941 film recreate their roles for radio. Here's Humphrey Bogart, Mary Astor, Sidney Greenstreet, and Peter Lorre in The Maltese Falcon as heard on the Screen Guild Theater.
2: the Screen Guild Players. The Screen Guild play tonight, the Maltese Falcon. The starring players, this is Humphrey Bogart. This is
3: Mary
4: Astor.
2: This is Sidney
3: Greenstreet. And this is Peter Lorre.
2: Tonight, Lady Astor presents the Screen Guild players in Warner Brothers' sensational mystery story, The Maltese Falcon. It stars Humphrey Bogart as Private Detective Sam Spade, Mary Astor as Miss Wonderly, Sidney Greenstreet as Casper Gutman, and Peter Laurie as Joel Cairo. This is the story of the Maltese Falcon and of the people whose lives it touched and seared. It began in San Francisco when a beautiful young woman, who identified herself as Miss Wonderley, walked into the offices of Spade and Archer, private detectives. Miss Wonderley had just told Sam Spade why she wished to engage detectives when Spade's partner, Miles Archer, entered the office.
3: No, it's all right, Miles. Come in. Miss Wonderley, this is Miles Archer, my partner. How do you do? Well, I'm pleased to meet you. Miss Wunderly's sister ran away from New York with a fellow named Floyd Thursby. They're here in San Francisco. Miss Wonderley has seen Thursby and has a date with him tonight. Maybe he'll bring the sister with him. The chances are he won't. Miss Wonderley wants us to find the sister, get her away from Thursby and back home.
4: But I want you to know that he's a dangerous man. I don't think he'd stop at anything. I don't believe he'd hesitate to kill Corinne, my sister, if he thought it would save him.
3: Uh-huh. What time is he coming to see you, Miss Wunderly?
4: After eight o'clock.
3: All right, Miss Wunderly, we'll have a man there. Oh, I'll look after it myself.
4: Thank you, Mr. Archer. Will, uh, $200 be enough for a retainer?
3: Plenty. Oh, it'll help if you meet Thursby in your hotel lobby, Miss Wunderly.
4: I will. Thank you again.
3: Goodbye. Well, Archer, what do you think of her? Sweet. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy shadowing her. Okay, sucker. Call me if you run into any trouble. Hello? Yes, this is Spade. This is Lieutenant Dundee, Spade. What's on your mind, copper? I thought you might be interested in knowing that your
5: partner, Archer, was found in an alley near the St. Mark, shot through the heart from close range. Blast spurred his coat. Coming down for a look at him before he's moved?
3: No. You've seen everything I could.
5: His gun was tucked away on his hip. It hadn't been fired. His overcoat was buttoned. Was he working, Sam? Well?
3: He was supposed to be tailing a fellow named Floyd Thursby. What for? Now, don't crowd me. I'll see you after I break the news to Archer's wife. I'll be there in a couple of hours. come on in. You make the news to Archer's wife, Sam? Uh-huh. What kind of a gun do you carry? None. I don't like him much. You don't just happen to have one on you. Search me. Turn the dump upside down if you want to. I won't squawk if you got a search warrant. Why were you tailing Floyd Thursby, Sam? I wasn't. Archer was. For the swell reason that we had a client who was paying good money to have him tailed. Who's the client? Sorry, I can't tell you that. You didn't go to Archer's house to tell his wife. I called up and the girl from your office was there and she said you told her to go. What are you leading up to? Just this spade. Floyd Thursby was shot down in
5: front of his hotel about a half
3: an hour after I talked to you. Oh. I came into my apartment just a few minutes ahead of you. I was walking around, thinking things over. I knew you weren't here.
5: I tried to get you on the phone.
3: Where'd you walk to? Just around. Thursby die? Yeah. How'd I kill him? I forget. He was shot four times in the back. Hotel people know anything about him? Nothing. Except he'd been there a week. Alone? Alone. You find out who he was, what his game was?
5: No, I thought you could tell me that.
3: <laughs> I've never seen Thursby dead or alive.
5: Now, look, Spade, you know me. If you did get Thursby, you'll get a square deal for me and most of the breaks. I don't know that I'd blame you a lot, man that kills a partner, but that wouldn't keep me from nailing you. That's
3: fair enough. Now, would you mind scramming? I got some thinking to do, and I'd like to get a little sleep before daylight. Hello? Yeah, this is Sam Spade. Oh, I was just going to call you. Where are you? The Coronet on California Street, Apartment 101? What's that? The name's Miss LeBlanc. Okay, I'll... I'll be right out. Oh, good morning. Come in, Mr. Spade.
4: Mr. Spade, I have a terrible, terrible confession to make. That, uh... That story I told you yesterday was all... just a story.
3: Huh. Oh, that. Well, uh... <laughs> We didn't exactly believe your story, Miss, uh, Is your name Wonderly or LeBlanc?
4: It's really O'Shaughnessy, Bridget O'Shaughnessy.
3: Oh. Well, Miss O'Shaughnessy, as I said, we... We didn't exactly believe your story. We believed your $200. Oh? Yes, you see, you paid us too much to be telling the truth. You
4: knew that when you accepted the money?
3: Oh, I suspected it. I was positive when Joel Cairo called on me.
4: Joel Cairo?
3: Yeah. Yeah, he seems interested in Floyd Thursby, too. What did he say? About what? About me? Nothing.
4: Well, what did he talk about?
3: Well, he offered me $5,000 for a black statuette of a bird. He was pretty sure I had it or knew where it was. Do you? Oh, I think I know someone who does, and $5,000 is a lot of money. Right now, the police are trying to find out who hired us to tail Floyd Thursby.
4: Mr. Spade, do they know
3: about me? Well, I don't think they do. I've been able to stall them so far.
4: Must they know about me at all, Mr. Spade? Couldn't you manage somehow to shield me from them?
3: Maybe, but I'll have to know what it's all about.
4: I can't tell you now. Later I will, when I can. You must trust me, Mr. Spade. I'm so alone and afraid. I've got nobody to help me if you won't help me. Be generous, Mr. Spade. You're strong, you're brave. You can spare me some of that strength and courage, surely.
3: (laughs) Sister, you don't need much of anybody's help. You're good. Chiefly your eyes, I think, and that throb you get in your voice when you say things like, be generous, Mr. Spay."
4: All right. I deserve that. But the lie was in the way I said it, and not at all in what I said.
3: Ah, now you are dangerous. Still, Cairo offered me $5,000. It's
4: far more than I could ever offer you if I must bid for your life.
3: (laughs) Yeah, that's good coming from you. Have you given me any of your confidence, any of the truth? I can't go ahead without more confidence in you than I have now. Can't
4: you trust me just a little while? Well,
3: how much is a little? And what are you waiting for?
4: I must talk to Joe Cairo.
3: Oh. Well, you can see him tonight. I know where to reach him.
4: Oh, he can't come here. I can't let him know where I am. I'm, I'm afraid.
3: Well, we'll all meet at my place, then. All right. <laughs>
1: I'm delighted to see you again, Mr. Shaughnessy.
4: I was sure you would be, Joe. Mr. Spade told me about your offer for the Maltese falcon. How soon can you have the money ready?
1: Oh, it is ready.
4: You are ready to give us $5,000 if we turn the falcon over to you?
1: I shall be able to give you the money as soon as uh, the bank opens in the morning.
4: But I haven't got the falcon.
1: Then why did you send for me?
4: Because I'll have it in another week.
1: Yes? Where is it?
4: Where Floyd hid it
1: you know where he hid it? Why why must we wait a week? And why are you willing to sell it to me?
4: I'm afraid. After what happened to Floyd, I'm afraid to touch it except to turn it over to somebody else right away.
1: Exactly what did happen to Floyd?
4: The fat man. Gutman? Is he here? I don't know. I suppose so. Uh,
3: If you two let me interrupt for a second, I can answer that. Gutman is here. How do you know? Because he called me and asked me to see him. Have you? Not yet. I thought that after our friend Cairo here left, I'd find out just how you and I stand before I took on any more clients.
4: Now, do you know how you and I stand, Sam?
3: Yeah if I can believe anything about you. But you're such a liar.
4: I am a liar. I've always been a liar. <laughs> but
3: I, I wouldn't brag about it. Was there any truth at all in that yarn you were telling me about Thursby and the Falcon?
4: Some. Not very much.
3: Well, we've got all night before us. Oh,
4: I, I'm, I'm so tired. So tired of lying and thinking up lies... and not knowing what is a lie and what is the truth... I wish.
3: Hey, look, honey. I think I'd better have a talk with Gutman in the morning. Now, Mr. Gutman, shall we talk about the Falcon?
5: <laughs> oh. By all means, Mr. Spade. But first, sir, uh, answer me a question. Are you here as Miss O'Shaughnessy's representative?
3: Well, there's nothing certain about it either way yet. It depends.
5: Maybe it depends on Joel Caro? Maybe. The question then, Mr. Spade, is which you'll represent. It'll be Mr. O'Shaughnessy or Mr. Caro?
3: I didn't say so. Who else is there? There's me. <laughs>
5: oh, well, that's wonderful, sir, wonderful. I do like a man who tells you right out he's looking out for himself. Don't we all? Uh-huh. Now let's talk about
3: the blackbird.
5: Let's, Mr. Spade you any conception of how much money can be got out of that blackbird?
3: No, but you just tell me what it is and I'll figure out the profits.
5: You mean you don't know what that bird is?
3: Oh, I know it's black enamel and about a foot high and I know the value in human life you people put on it.
5: And so Shaughnessy he didn't tell you what it is?
3: He offered and me... And ten... didn't either? He offered me 10000 for it.
5: Do either of them know what that bird is, sir? What is your impression?
3: Well, there's not much to go by, but uh, I don't think
5: so. If they don't know, I'm the only one in the whole wide, sweet world who does it.
3: Good. And when you tell me, there'll be two of us.
5: <laughs>
3: Mathematically correct, sir.
5: But I don't know for certain that I'm going to tell you.
3: Well, you think again and think fast. You'll do your talking today or you're through. What are you wasting my time for? I can get along without you.
5: That remains to be seen, Mr. Spade. There are away. And there's
3: another thing. Keep that gunman of yours away from me while you're making up your mind or I'll kill
5: him. <laughs> Well, sir, I must say you have a very violent temper. Take it
3: over. You've got at
5: 5.30. Then you're either in or out for keeps.
0: Wilma. I'm going to kill that guy. I could have done it easy when he was standing there with his back to me. Of
5: course you could, my boy. But business before pleasure. And we'll be seeing Mr. Spade again. Before 5.30. Oh! <laughs> <laughs>
2: Act one of the Maltese Falcon, starring Peter Laurie, Sidney Greenstreet, Mary Esther, and Humphrey Bogart. Act two in just a moment, but first, here's the word from our hostess, Lady Esther.
1: Some weeks ago, I was being shown through a shipyard, one of the largest in the country, and stopped to chat with a young woman wearing a safety mask. It gave her a stern, rather severe look, but when she removed the mask to chat with me, she was young and blonde and very lovely. Her skin looked so dainty and fresh that I just couldn't resist saying, "My, you look as though you just stepped out of a bandbox." She laughed and said, "Oh, wife, I've been on the job since early this morning and I haven't even had time to re-powder my face. But after all, I do use your powder, you know." Of course, she's only one of millions of busy, important women who use Lady Esther face powder, partly because of its remarkable clinging quality. They explain that when they use Lady Esther face powder, they have the comfortable feeling that their skin always looks smooth and fresh, never streaked, caked, or shiny. But that's only one of the reasons why more lovely women now use Lady Esther face powder than any other kind. There are two other important reasons. First, the texture of my powder is so flattering that it hides little lines and blemishes, makes your skin look younger. And second, The shades of Lady Esther face powder are so rich, vivid, and alive, they give new interest, a look of new beauty to your skin. And both the unusual texture and the flattering shades are the result of my patented twin hurricane method of making face powder. So if you'd like to have your skin look softer, smoother, younger, and look that way for hours at a time, just try Lady Esther face powder.
2: The second act of The Maltese Falcon, starring Humphrey Bogart as Sam Spade, Mary Astor as Bridget O'Shaughnessy, Sidney Greenstreet as Casper Gutman, the Fat Man, and Peter Laurie as Joel Cairo. in the afternoon following Sam Spade's visit to Gutman's apartment, a dying man staggered into Spade's office and collapsed on the floor. He died before he could speak to Spade, but his papers identified him as Captain Jacobi of the steamship La Paloma, and clutched to his bullet-torn chest was the Maltese Falcon. After depositing the Falcon in a railroad station check room and mailing the identification check to his private post office box, Sam met Bridget O'Shaughnessy and took her to his apartment.
4: You know, Sam, I never would have faced myself in this position if I hadn't trusted you completely.
2: <laughs> oh, that again.
4: But you know that's
3: so. Uh, you don't have to trust me as long as you can persuade me to trust you.
4: But Sam, darling...
3: Oh, well, I think we'd better let it go at that until we see what happens after Gutman gets here.
4: The fat man? Here?
3: Certainly, why not? Anyway, that should be him. So it's too late to change our plans. I'll be right back. Oh, hello, Gutman. Good evening, sir. I see you brought company.
5: I can understand the gunman, but I didn't know Cairo was a friend of yours. <laughs> we're old acquaintances. Now that we're all here, let's go in and sit down and be comfortable and talk.
3: Oh, sure, come on in.
5: Now, look, Angel,
3: Gutman brought a couple of friends along. Good evening, Mr. Shaughnessy.
5: Hello, Joe. You look unusually charming this evening, my dear. Thanks.
3: The uh, gunsel doesn't talk, Angel. Get away from me, punk. Stand still and shut up. Listen, you're not going to frisk me, touch me, and I'm going to make you use that gun. Ask your boss if he wants to be shot up before we talk.
5: Never mind, Wilma. <laughs> you're certainly a most headstrong and unpredictable individual, Mr. Spade. Now, why did you send for me?
3: You ready to make the first payment and take the falcon off my hands?
5: The falcon?
3: That's right, Angel. I've got it.
5: Well, sir, I have in this envelope $10,000.
3: 10000 Oh, well, we were talking about more money than that.
5: Yes, sir, we were, but there are more of us to be taken care of now.
3: (laughs) Well, that may be, but I've got the
5: falcon. I shouldn't think it would be necessary to remind you, Mr. Spade, that uh, though you may
3: have the falcon, yet we certainly have you. Yes, I'm trying not to let that worry me, but uh, let the money wait. There's another thing to be taken care of first. We've got to have a fall guy. A beg your pardon? Police have got to have a victim. Somebody they can stick for those three murders. Two, two. Only two murderers, Mr. Spade. Thursby undoubtedly killed your partner. All right, all right. Two, then. Well, the point I've got to give the police, a victim when the time comes. If I don't, I'll be it. Uh, Let's give him, uh, let's give him Wilmer here. Why, you dirty rat. He rats. actually did shoot Thursby and Jacoby, didn't he? Anyway, he's made to order for the part. Let's turn him over to them. By God, so you are a character. That you
5: are. <laughs> There's ever never any telling what you'll say or do next, except that it's bound to be something astonishing. Well, it's our best bet. With him in their hands, the police will forget the rest of us. Your plan is not at all practical, sir. Let's not say anything more about it. All right.
3: I have another suggestion. Let's give him Cairo. Well, by God, sir. Suppose we give him you, Mr. Spade, or Mister or Shaughnessy. How about that, huh? Sam, you wouldn't. You people want the fork and I've got it. The fall guy is part of the price I'm insisting on. You seem to forget you're not in a position to insist on anything. No? If you kill me, how are you going to get the falcon?
5: By so you are a character. <laughs> well? Well, what else can I do? I'm sorry, Wilmer. Terribly sorry. I want you to know that I couldn't be any fonder of you if you were my own son. But, well, if you lose a son, it's possible to get another. And there's only one Maltese falcon. You rat, I'll kill you for this. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Spade. When you're young as Wilma, one simply doesn't understand these things.
3: <laughs> and I'll buy some coffee, Bridget. Put the pot on, will you? I don't like to leave my guests.
4: Surely. Anything get out
3: of here. Now, sir, let's get down to business. I ought to have more than 10000 Of course, sir, you understand this is the first payment. You still don't understand the falcon's worth. Well, a well, black enamel bird can't be worth millions.
5: But it is. Otherwise, I should not have spent 17 years of my life trying to uh, acquire it. The black enamel you refer to, sir, is merely camouflage. Covering a solid gold bird encrusted from head to foot with the finest jewel.
3: Okay. So I get
5: millions later. How's about 15,000 now? Frankly and candidly, and on my word of honor as a gentleman, 10,000 I gave you is all the money I can raise right now. But you didn't say Positively. positively
3: well if that's the best you can do it's the best you can do but it's understood the punk has to stand as the fall guy that is part of our agreement sir okay I'll make a phone call the falcon will be here in an hour it's a fake this is not the Maltese
5: falcon this is a lead imitation covered with the same enamel. See where I've shaved it off with a knife, lead?
3: Pure lead. You bungled it. You, Gutman, You and your stupid attempt to buy it from the Russian who owned it. He called on to how valuable it was. No wonder we
5: had so little trouble stealing it. You, you imbecile. You, you bloated idiot. Well, sir, what do you suggest? Shall we stand here and shed tears and call each other names? Mm. Or shall we pay the Russian another call in Istanbul? Mm-hmm. Are you going? Seventeen years I've wanted that item, and I intend to get it. Another year, well sir. That'll be an additional expenditure of time on only five and fifteen seventeenths percent.
1: I go with you.
5: Good. And Wilma. Wilma, you Where? You? Where is the boy? He must have had made his getaway while we were unwrapping the fog. A
3: swell out of thieves.
5: Well, sir? I left to ask you to return my 10000 I held
3: up my end. It's your hard luck, not mine, if you didn't get what you wanted.
5: I'm sorry, but I must insist. Oh, a hideout gun, huh? Okay. Thank you, sir. The shortest farewells are the best. Adieu. And to you, Miss O'Shaughnessy, I leave the fake falcon as a little memento. <laughs> Come, girl.
3: Hello, police department. Lieutenant Dundee there, put him on. Tell him Sam Spade's calling. Now, look, Angel. Gutman and Kyra will talk when the cops nail him about us. We've only got minutes to get set for the police. Now, give me your whole story fast. Well,
4: where... Where shall I begin?
3: The day you first came to my office... Why did you want Thursby shadowed?
4: I I suspected him of betraying me to Gutman, and I wanted to find out. That's
3: a lie. Gutman tried to make a deal with him. You had Thursby hooked, and you knew it. You wanted to get him out of the way before Captain Jacoby arrived with the falcon. Isn't that so? What was your scheme? I
4: thought if he saw someone following him, he might be frightened into going away.
3: Look, Archer hadn't many brains, but he wasn't clumsy enough to be spotted the first night. You must have told Thursby he was being followed.
4: I told him, yes. But please believe me, Sam, I wouldn't have
3: told him if I'd thought Floyd would kill him. If you thought he wouldn't kill Archie, you were right, Angel. Didn't he? Archie had been a detective too long to be caught shadowing a man up a blind alley with his gun tucked away in his hip and his overcoat button. But he'd have gone up there with you, Angel. He was just dumb enough for that. Sam. And then you could have stood as close to him as you liked there in the dark. Put a hole through him with a gun you'd gotten from Thursby that evening.
4: Don't, don't talk to me like that, Sam.
3: You know I didn't... Now, the police will be blowing in any minute now, Angel. Talk. No, oh, why do you accuse me of such a terrible... Why did you shoot Archie? I thought Thursby would tackle him and one or the other would go down. If Thursby was killed, then you were rid of him. If it was Archer, then you could see that Thursby was caught. Was that it?
5: Something, something And when you find out that that Thursby
3: didn't mean to tackle Archer, you borrowed the gun and did it yourself, right? I I guess so. I know so. You didn't know Gutman was here looking for you until you learned Thursby was shot. Then you needed another protector. So you came back to me.
4: Yes, but no, sweetheart, it wasn't only that. I, I would have come back to you sooner or later... From the very first instant I saw you, I knew that... Ah,
3: you angel. Well, if you get a good break, you'll be out of San Quentin in 20 years.
4: Sam, you're not...
3: Yes, angel. I'm going to send you over. But if they hang you, I'll always remember you.
4: Don't, Sam. Don't say that. Even
3: in fun. It's not fun. I happen to be in the detective business, and you killed my partner. Bad business to let the killer get away with it. Bad for every detective in this country. You're taking the fall.
4: You've been playing with me. Only pretending you cared to trap me like this. You didn't care at all. You don't love me.
3: Uh, I, I think I do. But what of it? I won't play the sap for you. you. No,
4: know it's not like that. You can't say that. I am saying it. You know, down deep in your heart, you know that in spite of everything I've done, I love you.
3: I don't care who loves who. You killed Archer. You're going over for it. Come in. Oh, hello, copper. Hello, Sam. You got Gutman and Cairo? You got Cairo, Gutman's dead. Kid Wilmer had just finished
5: shooting him when we got there.
3: So I ought to have expected that. You better put the cuffs on Angel, copper. We're taking her down to the station. What charge? Sam. Murder. She shot Miles Archer. Oh, and you better bring that blackbird along too, copper. It's part of the evidence against Cairo.
5: Hey, this is heavy. What's it made of?
3: The uh, stuff that dreams are made of. Oh.
2: The story of the maltese falcon thank you mary esther humphrey bogart Green greenstreet and peter laurie for appearing with the lady esther screen guild players tonight and also for telling us the most exciting story
4: it was our pleasure mr bradley we all had a wonderful time making the picture and the radio version tonight brought back some wonderful memories then too knowing that the benefits from these programs the support the motion picture country house and clinic give us an added incentive and now before we tell you about next week's program Here's a word from one of America's best-known beauty authorities, Lady Esther.
1: Thank you, Miss Astor. Ladies, you know it's surprising the number of letters new users of Lady Esther face powder have sent me in the last few months. So many of them say the same thing, that Lady Esther face powder is an entirely different kind of powder, that it does wonderful things for the appearance of the skin, makes it look softer, smoother, and often years younger. Well, Lady Esther face powder is more flattering, more becoming. Because my powder isn't just mixed, just blended like ordinary face powder. It's made by a method new, unique, exclusively mine. You see, Lady Esther face powder is blown at whirling speed by my famous twin hurricanes. Yes, my patented twin hurricane process blows and whips color and powder particles together until they're evenly married blended into a fine, smooth, sheer mist of beauty, finer in texture and truer in shade than powder ever made by ordinary methods. That's why Lady Esther Face Powder smooths down so much more evenly, and why the shades of my powder are so clear and alive. They make your skin younger-looking, more vivid, far lovelier. Why don't you try Lady Esther Face Powder and see how much happier you'll be with the appearance of your skin?
2: Before we tell you about next week's program, Humphrey Bogart has a word to say from our government. As you all know, the third war loan drive is on
3: full steam, the drive to back the attack our fighting forces are making against our enemies. As our share toward victory, we at home must buy $15 billion worth of war bonds, which means each one of us must dig down deeper into our own pockets. Each of us must buy at least one extra bond this month. We have to win this war, and we will win, all right. But how soon we win is up to every one of us. So buy an extra war bond this week, sure,
2: to help speed our day to victory. Next week, the Lady Esther Screen Guild players will present highlights from Warner Brothers' great new musical picture, Thank Your Lucky Stars. It will star Joan Leslie, Dennis Morgan, Diana Shore, and Eddie Cantor. Be sure to listen. Humphrey Bogart can soon be seen in the Warner Brothers production, Thank Your Lucky Stars. Mary Astor is currently playing in the Metro-Golden-Mayer Technicolor production, Thousands Cheer. Sidney Greenstreet and Peter Lorre appeared through the courtesy of Warner Brothers. Music on tonight's program was arranged and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. To help your government save 10, buy the larger size of Lady Esther face cream, and at the same time you will save yourself money to invest in war bonds and stamps. Truman Bradley speaking for Lady Esther. Thank you. Good night. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System.
0: The Screen Guild Theater starring Humphrey Bogart, Mary Astor, Sidney Greenstreet, and Peter Lorre in The Maltese Falcon from September 20th, 1943, as heard on CBS. Next time on the Film Detective Podcast, William Bendix stars as Chester A. Riley, airplane riveter, and family man on a comedy installment of The Life of Riley from 1947, so don't miss it. To learn more about this series, visit thefilmdetective.com.